Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. My name is Danny Cola. This is your first time listening. Make sure to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform so that you can join me in having some epic conversations that access higher levels of potential with creatives and professionals from all around the globe. Thank you for tuning in. My guest today is fitness coach Mike Gonzalez out of Orlando, Florida. And we have an epic conversation about consciousness and Newtonian reality as it might work on the same principles as the structure of music and sound. Can we manifest reality according to our wildest dreams? Well, here's how I see it. If humans are like instruments and reality is like a song, can we use certain techniques to tune our instruments to sound the most beautiful song or manifest the purest form of truth in physical Newtonian reality? This is what Mike and I talk about, uh, and we have a great conversation. So uh, if you're interested in learning more about Mike, make sure to follow him on Instagram at dynamikefit. That's D-Y-N-A-M-I-K-E fit. Uh, let's connect on Instagram at Danny Cola Fitness. And if you like what you hear today, make sure to share this podcast with somebody that you love. Rate the podcast with a five-star rating and let us know what some of your biggest takeaways were. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the show. All right, Mike Gonzalez, thanks for doing the podcast, man. How's everything going? Man, everything is going as well as it can be going right now. It's an so. interesting time, <laughs> that's for sure, especially for trainers and people who run classes and all that. How's how is everything going for you as far as the transition from the day-to-day training and doing classes to, to now? So the reset class, which is done in person, is going through some adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, the energy of doing a group class um, – is big. It's huge. You feed off yeah. the energy there. Um, the people feed off the energy of each other. And there's something beautiful that happens with that human connection. And when that is lost uh, over a virtual platform, it's definitely different. But like everyone else at the moment, we're making adjustments and we're, we're making it work. So we don't lose the beauty of it. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what we're at at the moment. Yeah. I feel definitely like when I, I did three in-homes this morning and it's the first time I left the house since last Thursday and it's Tuesday morning. So four days in the house and I just feel so much more vibrant when I'm done training people and I come back home and then I go back to doing my online work or a podcast or whatever. I love, like I was getting excited to hang out with my clients today and they're like older people that I wouldn't have anything in common with if I weren't, if I wasn't training them, but just to kind of be around, interact with people, kind of dissect their thoughts and vice versa. It feels good. Yeah. Um, human connection was something that was a, was at a scarcity even before this started to happen. Mm. Um, and now there's actually a beautiful dichotomy that's happening at the moment. I agree. I agree. I want to elaborate and pick your brain with that. Go ahead. So we lost human connection through being unconscious of the act of human connection. And now that human connection is being illuminated, Mm -hmm. it's more, um, it's more of a desire. So it's one of those things where we are wanting something that we don't have that was always there Mm. for us to be able to connect to. But when it's taken away, now it's more of a desire. Yeah, totally. I know. I totally get that effect. It's like wanting something that you can't have. And now that you know, going to the bar, to the movies or to a restaurant is now taken away from us. It's like, oh, we want that back. We want to get there again. But again, it's teaching us that lesson of being grateful for when you have things, while you have things. And, you know, hopefully this is a wake up call to people. And, and, you know, hopefully we can come to an agreement and think that we had it very good. We have it very good still, you know, let's, learn to put our health, our wellness as a priority here. So when things like this does happen, you know, it's, uh, you know, we can come back to a strong foundation, health, wellness. uh, But, but now that's out the door too, man. It's just, it's so weird. And there's going to be a lot of things 
and a lot of ways that people are going to be affected by this. Do you feel like we're going to, do you feel like this is just going to be like, Oh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to go back to normal. Or do you think there's going to be a transition here? That's up to the human collective. That's yeah. up to us to decide how do we want to view this? Do we want to view this with a victim mentality or do we want to view this as a timeout and a, and a reflection time and a, a time to gather lessons and to make adjustments and changes. So something like this doesn't happen in the future. It's completely up to us. We now have the ability to create the future that we want to live in. And I've been playing around with this idea of there's been a seed planted where we look at another human with hesitation. Now we try and keep a distance, right? Social Mm -hmm. distancing, distancing, and the seed of disconnection has been planted. And now when we look at the collective or when we look at another person, we're like, Oh shit. And there's a hesitation. Like, could this person be infectious? Do I have Mm. to watch out? You were talking a little bit before about like, we already were losing human connection before all this. Is that you said that, right? Yeah, there was a, sca- a scarcity to it. So sure. tell me, like, elaborate a little bit more about that because, you know, I have my views on how social media has disconnected us or not, not even so much disconnected us, but has exposed us really. And, you know, we go to jobs that we don't like and we, we do all this for money and, and, and buying things and possessions. And we were already discrediting our fellow, right? We were already losing connection with each other but then something like this happens. So what are your thoughts on the disconnection piece prior to the coronavirus? So prior to it, we were walking around in a sleep state. Like how many people in the world, what's the percentage of the world that's the walking dead? It's like 90%, dude. Yeah. It's like that, um, I think it's Mark Twain that said it, but um, the, the person who died at 24, uh, 25 and wasn't buried until 72, like that's a snapshot of, how we were operating in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with that. And now we're getting a view of what it looks like when there's actual real disconnection, when like you don't have a choice, right? When it's been taken away from you, there isn't an ability to do it right now. In some countries or in some states, like you literally can't leave your house. Like you have to stay inside. Yeah. And I experienced something really cool when I went to go get some groceries the other day. Although there was a disconnection and a hesitation there, when there was that communication or when there was that eye contact or that proximity to another person, there was almost a a relatability there now. There was almost like an understanding there, like like we're all in this together. Like Mm. I, I get you. You are human just like me. You have the same needs and wants that I have. You said you felt this? I felt it. I felt the energy of it. And it was a beautiful thing, almost like a wink and a smile, like a very subtle, like, you know what? I get you, man. Mm. I, I understand you. I know what you're going through and what you're feeling right now. So as much as this is disconnecting us, I think at the end of the day, it's going to connect us even more. Yeah. Almost like, I don't know how closely you remember uh, 9-11, right? Like that, that, that time period mm-hmm. where the United States was so connected and we were all helping each other and um, we were volunteering and we were doing what we had to do to lift each other up. I imagine that like that same energy now is back in play. But like I said, there's that dichotomy because you're like, "Mm, do I stay away? Do I connect? I don't really know what to do. Yeah. It's a little bit more fear mongering that I've felt as well, you know, and that's my concern with the transition into something positive is that it's going to take a while before people start to feel, you know, faithful again or, optimistic in the future because i think right now people are afraid to interact they're afraid to touch one another they're afraid to hug they're afraid to get together you know what i'm saying so there's there's a lot of that and i think that's going to take a little while to shake off but i do agree with you i do feel like all of this at the end of the day will hopefully teach us to to come together like like you know when catastrophes happen like 9-11 i do recall that i do remember us coming together and i think humans we have a natural ability to do that when shit hits the fan Mm -hmm. you know but a lot of us right now are afraid to even look at each other there's still that too you know 100 man both of those energies are at play and it's a tug of war right now it's a tug of war and it's also a lesson that 
there is no labeling right and wrong, good and bad. There's the shadow and the light, and they all interplay with each other. Just like if you look at the yin and yang, right? You have, mm. you have the white part and you have the black part. But in the black part, there's a speck of white. And in the, and in the white part, there's a speck of black. And the flow the, in the middle. And the flow in the middle and the connection of the two. Yep. And it's a beautiful metaphor for how the shadow and the light interact with each other. Because without the shadow, we wouldn't know the light. And without the light, we wouldn't know the shadow. So it takes the two to come together. And we're, and we're experiencing that right now at this moment, at this very time. You know, as a collective, right? Like this is just the reflection of the collective's inner world. And, you know, everything is duality. That's what makes everything conscious, you know? And um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And, and I'm, I'm glad that we got together because uh, talk to me a little bit about your... Um, your experience with sound therapy, sound healing, because I know you're doing that class with, uh, with Jared, right? Or in a studio. Yeah. So. And it's good. I'll make a transition to that. The whole like sure. duality thing. But yeah, go ahead. Talk, talk to me about like your, your, your intro to sound therapy and how that relates to consciousness and duality. Yeah. So about man, a year ago now, maybe a little bit less, I created a class called um, Reset. And the class was created out of a necessity that I found in the fitness space from my own personal experience, working in big box gyms and corporate gyms, that a lot of it was geared toward upregulating the client and, um, and getting them amped up motivating them through that. And then because of time or because of, you know, intention, what the trainer would do, what I observed was would train them and then say, okay, see you have a nice day. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Do some cool downs or some stretches and they're on to the next client. Mm -hmm. So I got curious and I wondered what would happen if I took the client through an actual journey of the nervous system from beginning to the end and i would take them through a bell curve training method so i would start off slow with some like low impact movements like energizing exercises tai chi yoga style movements and then i would bring them up to that up regulated place where they're moving and their heartbeat is close to the max and then i would start bringing them down slowly until until they reach a state of meditation and then I structured the 60-minute training session just like that. Hmm. So I got curious, and I started playing with it on myself first, of course. I locked myself in my garage for like two months in and out. And I uh, started playing with things like sound and lights and movement and aromatherapy. And I put all of it together into one 60-minute experience. And what I felt personally, like in my own state, was insane so i'm like whoa there's something like 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 what do you mean like a connected state like oh my god i'm getting good ideas i feel really tapped in like what what type of feeling would you describe that to be so what i found is that by um taking them through a journey or taking myself through a journey of um certain beats per minute which would align to a certain heart rate Mm -hmm. which would align to certain brainwave patterns I was able to switch my brainwave pattern state and train it in a way to be calm in chaos and to feel that like relaxed, actually coherent state because relaxation is kind of like a down, almost low energy state where uh, coherence is like a high energy, but calm state, focused Mm. state, close to a flow state. And I'm playing with this thing and I'm noticing and you know, I want to get numbers on this, obviously, but I'm noticing that what I'm experiencing is that transition in that journey through different brainwave patterns. So I'm starting in like a beta, going into like a higher beta, back down into uh, beta, into alpha. And I, in my opinion, man, borderline theta, like you're in a drowsy hypnotic state by the end of the class because you're moving your body and you're also experiencing a lock 
a alignment, a balance between the conscious and the unconscious. Because what's beautiful about breath is that it can play in the unconscious and in the conscious realm. And also what's beautiful about movement is it can also play in the conscious and the unconscious realm. Mm. So by, by interweaving breath, interweaving movement, interweaving sound, interweaving smell, and even color therapy all together – there's a sensory experience that's going on here that you're able to move energy because we subconsciously store energy in our fascia, in our neurology, sure, organs, in, in our organs, yeah, in the system. We take it, we subconsciously store it, and we 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 leave it there until. And also, too, like, let's go. Let's it. back up just a little bit because when we say energy and we store energy. Uh, like what, what it's hard for people to put that in context. So like, I like to say they're like emotions. We store our own emotions in our organs in our fascia, like, like you were saying. So to kind of make it practical, our emotions is our internal and external energy. Wouldn't you say? Yep. And that's actually perfect because it is emotional trauma that's stored. So when I say energy, I talk more about emotional trauma. Yeah, right. Um, and it's something that is stored in all of those systems. And here's the thing about emotion. Emotion stands for energy in motion. Right. And, if you don't, and if you don't move it, then it stays stuck. And what happens when you start storing that into your, into your physiology, into your system, is that it creates and starts to create dis-ease in the body mm -hmm. or chaos in the mm -hmm. body. And eventually dis-ease leads to disease. And that's just kind of like how the system operates. Yeah. You're, are you a Paul Check fan? Uh, dude, I love, I love them all. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of holistic health practitioners. I've heard Paul Check say that many times, like that, of course, like I totally get that. And like to kind of bridge this back with what we were talking about, the duality of things, like energy is pure. It's oneness. It's the entire, everything put together. And then when we get it into this Newtonian realm, the physical realm, it exists on a spectrum, right? The good, the bad, the dark, the light, you know, the love, the hate or good and evil. And, um, naturally we want to go towards chaos, right? Until we can figure out ways of balance. And that's what our wellness journey is. That's what the, that's what I look at as the hero's journey. It's trying to find flow amongst a bunch of chaos so that you can stick to your true essence and keep creating whatever it is that you're supposed to be creating or doing, or your purpose is in this life really. So when I look at a class like yours, where you're doing physical alignments, you're doing sound alignments, because all those things, they, they correlate with the chakra system, right? Each energy mm -hmm. center represents a color, it represents a sound wave, it represents an emotion, it, it represents some sort of movement. So this is our system that interacts or interfaces with the collective, right? Which is all connected. And um, after a class like yours, you know, you get so aligned so to speak that you feel these euphoric feelings and i feel like each individual is inclined to feel their own purposeful feelings and the more aligned they become emotionally physically mentally then they're going to get the feels that they're supposed to be getting right yeah and movement allows the subconscious mind to unload all the shit that the conscious tries to shove in mm. so the conscious mind is responsible for you know, our ego and for what we allow society to see or what we think society should see. And it's the subconscious mind's job to regulate the things that work underneath, the things that are ran mm. without conscious thought. The problem is when there's something that comes up that the conscious mind doesn't want the world to see like emotional trauma or something like that, that you want to hold on to, that you are afraid because of fear to share or to bring to the light to heal, then what it, the conscious mind does is just shoves it into the subconscious and says, all right, hold on to this because I can't let people see this shit. So you got to hold on to this. Um, we're not ready to heal it yet, but it's got to right. go somewhere. So we're just going to store it in here. And the problem is throughout life, the trouble is throughout life, that the conscious mind just keeps throwing shit in there all mm -hmm. day and all lifetime long. 
Now, the beautiful thing about movement is that it allows through the unconscious act, the flow state, it allows the subconscious the opportunity to be like, okay, let me let go of some of these things because the conscious mind is kind of offline for a second. So it has the opportunity now to let go of these things that it's been holding on to. And that's what we mean by moving the energy, moving emotional mm. trauma, bringing it from the stored places to the surface. And when it comes to the surface, now it's come to the light. Now you're able to heal it because in order to heal, you first must feel. And if you don't feel anything, then it just stays stored, my dude. And that is the beauty of the class. So you want to get that. away from that, man. And that's yeah. what I'm finding is happening here. Yeah, that's great. I'm glad that you're doing something like this because, and with end that we get to talk about this too, because it's very like dense information that needs to be kind of talked through in order to kind of understand this visually and know how to articulate this. And, and I've been practicing explaining this type of information through guests with guests on my podcast, like trying to break this down, trying to break this information down. Um, all right. So I, I've been doing a lot of thinking about music and the fabric of music itself and how it, it's synonymous or works just like the fabric of reality. Right. So like, for example, our chakra system is a sheet of music. It's a staff of music, right? And reality is this piece that we're playing. And I like to look at situations like songs and your entire life as like an, a concerto with many acts, you know, and, and we attract to higher vibrations or lower vibrations, depending on what song we're trying to enact. But the fact of the matter is when we were playing an, an instrument, there's an infinite amount of notes and uh, chords and connections and patterns that you can make just like an, an infinite amount of scenarios that can play out in real life. And I feel like your body is an instrument and the movement that practice is your, you tuning your instrument so that you can play the most beautiful piece that you can play, whether that's a song or, uh, you know, an, a, a, a pattern of years in life, how we look at time literally in this Newtonian realm, right? Um, but this is how I've been relating the construct of, of reality and looking at it like music. And I really feel like they work synonymously and that's how reality is. That's how consciousness is. It's just another form of the fabric of music except in the physical, right? And if our body is the instrument, our movement, our practice with the mace, with yoga, with kettlebell is our tuner. And we can go ahead and play our song or our symphony according to whatever our true north is. What are your thoughts about that analogy? I thought it was beautifully put. So let me just throw that out there first. But Thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, we operate on frequencies. We operate on vibrations. And being out of alignment, out of balance, just means that the frequency that you're resonated to, that your body is operating in, is off. And like you said, music, movement, even thought, like meditation, can bring that frequency back into alignment. Now, here's the thing. If you want to talk about reality and manifestation and all, all the different things that people talk about nowadays, is that... You don't attract what you want. You attract what you are. Mm. And the beautiful part of that is that you will attract whatever frequency you're putting out there because things do vibrate to certain frequencies. And usually like the lower denser frequencies like fear or shame or guilt or resentment or anger, I mean, it's all in the same line. Mm -hmm. They will come in if you're vibrating or, or putting out the same frequency that they're aligned to, you're going to, it's like a radio station, dude. Like if you listen to country music, you're going to attract people that love country music. Not to say there's anything wrong with any of these genres, but like you're going to attract the people right. that listen to that. Right. So if you want to attract people that like listen to, I don't know, R and B, then you've got to switch your station and you can't get, uh, you can't get upset when all these country people start coming in and you're like, no, I don't want you here. I want R and B. So, and, and, you're, and you're playing country music. Like, it's literally like 
counterintuitive to get upset about that when that's what's going on, when you understand how it works. I love that analogy. That's great. That's great. That's so great because we do. We attract people into our lives for a certain reason by the certain frequency you're putting out. That's great. So if you're playing country fucking music, you're going to attract people who like country music. But if you want, so to speak, those R&B folks to show up, then change your frequency. And that's what we're talking about here, right? A, a, A wellness journey or something that we need to re- reprogram back into our default habits day to day so that we could align with different frequencies in order to attract the life that we want. Yeah. And, right? most of, and most of us try to manipulate conscious actions like environment and behavior to change an unconscious action like identity. Mm. So we think by changing our environment and our behavior, we can change who we are. There's a big misconception in like our society and what we're taught that we have to like do to be. But the reality is you have to flip-flop them. You have to first be in order to do, to get your result, to get what you want. Mm. And that's environmental. So if you want to change your environment, then you have to act, think, and feel like the environment that you want to change it to. You need right. to be already aligned to that because how you act, think, and feel, like Dispenza says, Joe Dispenza, how you act, think, and feel makes up your personality. And your personality makes up your personal reality. Right. So that's like that. just that one switch. And it's not an easy switch like cognitively because we're not trained to that. We're not right. conditioned to that. Conditioning but, is, the, is, the true th- is the true word to use because it takes a while to decondition and condition again in a new program in it's not like we're this computer that just uninstalls and reinstalls that takes time to manifest in the the physical realm yeah yeah great tweak on that because you're absolutely right it's not like a switch on and off it's you got to put the reps in because the the subconscious mind um reacts to repetition Mm. and it changes through repetition so yeah for sure yeah i was listening to a podcast with jp sears and 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 Paul checked this morning and it was an old one. And uh, Paul was talking about in, in our younger years, uh, kids are so right brain dominant. They're more creative, right? It's not to where they start learning how to read and start putting symbols into things where they start making that separation of things where now it becomes outcome oriented. And then that's where the programming really starts, where we become conditioned to become outcome oriented he explained it so much more eloquently than i'm even giving it than i'm trying to do right now but i can see like what he's saying there and he says that in the steiner model for developing children they don't even teach kids to read until like seven eight or nine because of that whole thing and starting to associate symbols with things they they rather have the brain developed to where it's more creative and keeping the connections rather than putting the separations on things. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I love that you brought up the hemispheres of the brain because I've been playing a lot with that. And left and right brain dominance is plays such a crucial role in movement and to like everything else in, in life because like the left brain is our it's our interpreter. It's our language center. It's Mm -hmm. our pattern creating side of our consciousness. So we're always trying to, because it's the way we've been conditioned, we're always trying to label everything, Mm -hmm. right? So this is a computer and this is a table and it's the left brain that's figuring out all of that. And like past pain predicts future fear, right? So like our left side is like always like creating that pattern and interpreting what's going on and then judging it and figuring out if it's right Mm -hmm. or wrong and doing all these things. And we get trapped in this vortex of like trying to figure everything out. Now the beauty of it is that you can switch over to right brain dominance through movement and through flow and through spatial awareness. That's why flow states are so addictive. That's why steel maze flow or kettlebell flow or any other flow movement or even the flow that I do in, in the class becomes, we, we start to crave it because we get a taste of what it's like to get out of that like stressed center interpretation of trying to figure everything out right. and move into more of like a flow. Right. So um, that's what's so cool. And that's what I found through like studying both hemispheres of the brain, because there really is no self. 
There really is no self. It's like the left brain trying to figure out who we are through a system we've been conditioned of pattern creating and labeling. So if I say this is a table, then when I ask myself, who am I? All of a sudden I start saying, well, I am a male. I am a father. I am a husband. I am like, I am a fitness coach. I am a, a whatever. And we start giving ourselves all these labels, but at our core, we are just like, con like we're just pure light and consciousness and, and yeah. expand, expanded presence at, a, at our core. But we can't wrap our heads around that because we live in a pattern creating world and a right. label creating world, which is left brain dominant. So I'm still flushing a lot of it out, but I've noticed that like through movement, I can switch from one state to another which is why I'm so addicted to movement. Like I love movement practices and I play. Yeah, role. yeah definitely. Definitely. And uh, yeah, you may, you said some great things there and I feel like at the end of the day, it's like this, this m coming together of the left and right to kind of have a nice balance to kind of connect to your true self or true north or the, the most pure version of you. Right. And I, I did like what you said there, there, it's like we're not a self. It's just this interpretation going back and forth, which is wild. And then like, so what are your thoughts about observing things or observing the electron into reality? You are what you're saying you are or uh, the double split theory. The, the, the observer yeah. is the one that's kind of putting that electron into place. Like how does that tie into what you're saying with the, with the brain and consciousness? like the observer effect and wave yeah. particle and yeah so for example if we go back to the music thing it's like our body's the instrument reality is the song but who's playing the instrument yeah that's a great question <laughs> right man. is it is it yeah. you is it you or is it like because sometimes like you you can have we if we're talking about outcomes and intentions like we can have the intention and sometimes our ego attaches ourselves with that one that number one outcome that we want but that isn't what plays out and then we can be judgy judgment judgmental on ourselves and blah 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 but is that the actual plan that's supposed to be playing out i don't know like you know what i'm saying like who is who's playing is it the observer is are we acting as a version of god because ultimately you know if everything is one and unconditional love is the purest form of energy and everything on this newtonian world is an expression of love then we're that expression meaning where God realizing itself through itself. Is that so too here's, deep? <laughs> no, dude, you cannot get too deep with me. So here is, um, all right, cool. I love that you brought this up. So this is a journal entry. Actually, I have my journal right here, if you're cool with that. This is yeah. a journal entry that I wrote down during a ceremony that I was uh, a part of. And this is what came to me during that ceremony, right? that we are a vehicle through which God can create. So we have been gifted the earth as our playground. Mm -hmm. We are connected to the divine purpose, the divine desire to create. From the beginning, God was creating, playing, putting things together. Creation comes from play. This playground was created out of play. Therefore, it must be continued to be played on to keep it in balance. We are the vehicles through which God gets to continue to play on the playground he created. You are connected to God through play and laughter and creation, your inner child. That is when the soul links to source. That is why time disappears through play. And at that level of consciousness, time doesn't exist. Mm. So like from what I understand, We live in a matter-filled world. We are tangible beings that we can touch, we can see, we can We're feel. We're embodied. We're embodied. We're incarnated in this world because at our core, we are spiritual beings, right? Like we are not a body that has a soul. We are a soul that has a body. So right. like at our core, that's what we are. But we could not like experience this matter-filled, tangible world as that uh, entity. So we had to come into carnation to be able to touch, to experience, to taste, to drink a glass of wine, to to lift some weights, to kiss a you know a beautiful to experience like, duality, to experience life, to experience duality. Yeah, perfect. So and that is like why God created this place. Now, 
you know, this is just my theory. <laughs> this is how, what I You said what you I came believe. up with this after a ceremony. Did, this, did, did that include psychedelics or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. What, what specifics? Um, so uh, we did some San Pedro. Yeah, so uh, it was a San Pedro ceremony that, that I did in, in California. And, um, dude, there were so many, so much that just that came through. And it was such yeah. a, a beautiful experience of connection and just downloading. And just it was a very um, it was a very audible experience for me. It wasn't mm. a visual experience for me. Um, but, dude, I just I got like a journal full of just and I it, just writing. I was just writing and creating. And it was just like being in nature. And we were in this like beautiful uh, landscape. And it was just amazing, dude. So yeah, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a blast. So yeah, Watuma is one of my favorites for sure. That's great. I've never done San Pedro, but uh, I've experienced with, you know, psilocybin and MDMA is where I've had the most like auditory kind of downloads, like how you're describing. And, um, I was going through a crazy transition in my life. Nothing too, I mean, nothing too crazy, but to me, like I went from, you know, the corporate teaching realm to basically creating my own avenue and, and, and through that a lot of growth. And I, I had gone through my own ceremony, which was recreational. You know, I don't recommend that anybody do that, but I, it, they were very, very transformative and very auditory and and I was, and I, I say some of the same things you do downloads, downloads from the ether, purpose, connection, the way that you're experiencing or expressing duality and how that's what we are in this embodied form. And um, now I think that because I've been meditating for three years more and doing mace flow and kettlebell flow and intermittent fasting and doing all these techniques to kind of keep my body at equilibrium, keep my nervous system at an equilibrium, the, the clear, the messages kind of come through and uh, I'm trying to grasp as much as possible and integrate it as best as possible in my life and my business and how I can have an effect on people. That's why I like these these uh, entheogens, let's call them, because they're a way for us to kind of break embodiment, connect to source, take information that'll help the masses if we integrate it correctly, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So um, to kind of go back to what we were saying about music and, and consciousness and duality, um, I mean, oh God, I get, I get thrown into these, these thought loops. How do you, how do you contain it all? Cause Dude, it's, I, it's a lot. I just, I write a lot. Do you? And I, and I try and post, um, things that I write up just to like get feedback because mm. to me, everything is feedback, right? Like a lot of people throw the word failure around. I don't throw that word around too much. I just throw around like everything to me is lessons and feedback. So you know, to me, messy action is better than no action. So I'm always throwing things out there just to see what yeah, happens. Too. And um, yeah, so that's how I, I contain it all. I also do a lot of breath work. I do mm. a lot of meditation. I mean, I'm with myself. I do um, with myself, sit, sitting with myself in stillness and just trying to see what comes up during that time. And then movement, man. I, I flow as much as I can, you know, because awesome. I, I find that to be my my outlet and um and that's a big reason a lot of these things start coming into form for me like these crazy creep classes that, yeah no <laughs> same know? here same here like I've, I've been i've been doing my online programming and trying to integrate some of these messages with my online programming and meditations and heart flow i, I have um heart brain coherence flow downs with the mace so mm -hmm. You know, I think I think I felt like I got those messages from deep meditations, and I feel like my meditations now are are mini mini MDMA sessions. So like I kind of connect to source for 10, 15 minutes or so. Is that it's definitely not as extravagant as like going to a nightclub and seeing a DJ, you know, while you're tripping balls or anything. But you get some downloads in these meditations when you feel so connected and you're in your breath and you're placing your awareness inward. Cause that's what we are. We're pure awareness. When you're placing that inward, man, I feel so many different types of positive thought patterns that I can kind of grasp and then just kind of jot them down into the, the physical and 
try to integrate it some way, somehow. Now, a thought that I've been having regularly, uh, and I'm not a father yet, but I'm very interested in optimizing the young and giving them this type of knowledge as best as possible. Uh, as a father, you're a father, right? You have, you have kids. Two. Yeah. How do you, how do you integrate this kind of work to keeping, you know, to teaching your kids and, and growing your kids and developing them? Yeah. So I have three children, two that live with me, one that lives with her mom. She's, um, she's almost 17. Okay. So I'll give you my perspective from both of those scenarios. So I have two boys right now, a four month old and a five year old. You got your hands. And, oh man. (laughs) Yeah. Appreciate your time, dude. Thank you for for doing that. That's awesome. Anytime brother. Um, so, so yeah, we know children are the most susceptible to conditioning between the ages of zero and seven. So that's when they are just pure download and they don't understand sarcasm. They don't understand really like negations too much either. So we have to be really careful with how we're speaking to them and how we're acting to them um, because they pick up more on energy than they do on language, believe it or not. Hmm. That's why children are um, like animals can pick up on how they're feeling about a person purely just by being around them. So you can- Well, they're way more in tune. They're way more pure. They haven't been- kind of taken in, in a lot of negative directions. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, yeah, obviously some kids have, right. Um, but yeah, I understand what you're, what you mean by that. So the, the really cool correlation with this and um, kind of where I'm going with this is that the way we are and children are between zero and seven, where they don't understand negations, where they're susceptible to anything that comes in purely where they are, that purity is exactly how our subconscious operates throughout Mm. the rest of our life. Mm. So we can learn a lot about how, we can recondition ourselves by observing how children are reacting to the words we're saying, how we're acting, and how we're showing up, which is really cool. And it's something that I'm starting to observe now. So I know that like, when I say something to my son or when I act a certain way, when I show up a certain way in a certain energy with my son, then I know that that's the same exact conditioning that I am doing to myself to my own subconscious. So I, I, I'm really careful with how I, I act and how I talk around them because I know that they're picking up on everything, man, especially the younger that they are. It's just, a, they're just observing it and, and absorbing everything mm. that you do. Um, and it's really like, dude, having kids is like, you want to talk about like dichotomy and, and, and duality. It's like, Something that you love more than anything in the world, more than anything, but you have to let it learn. You have to let it like go out on its own. And you, as much as you want to protect it, you also have to let it be. So it's like, it's such a cool lesson for life because what I tell people all the time, man, is how I operate is I set my intention for what I want. I commit to the process and then I surrender to how it shows up. Ah. I just surrender to how it shows up because the more I try and control how my intention shows up, the more messed up it becomes, dude. So I just started surrendering, man, as much as I could. Um, to how it shows up, how it, how it arrives. Yeah. Especially when you're putting your heart and soul into your endeavors, then I feel like the universe meets you at 20% or it gives you 20%, you know, it kind of meets you there and kind of throws you these bones here and there. And you kind of, I think that's where, you know, Dispenza talks about those synchronicities start to happen, Yep. you know, and things kind of start to fall into place and it's interesting the way kind of things work out. Yeah. And that goes back to being tied to an outcome, right? Just, Having your intention, having your game plan, but just surrendering to how the universe wants it to play out, I think is a very special piece of advice. And you talked about that balance of your children, right? Like you love them so much, more than anything in the world, which I can't understand yet, but I'm really excited to kind of feel what that feels like because, you know, my wife and I talk about it, but uh, we're still kind of a few years away, as we say. 
But uh, like my friends are starting to have kids and like, they're telling me, they're like, Danny, I can't wait for you to experience what this feels like. And the fact that you said you got to let them go and let them be and let them make their mistakes and learn and grow at their own pace. Like it's super important because then you get like the opposite. You get helicopter parents and people, parents that try to control and manipulate their, their mindset. And that's just damaging long-term. No. And you learn about a lot about yourself too throughout the Ooh. entire process because, dude, there's times that I do show up as a helicopter parent, and then there's times like I gotta like check myself, like, oh, mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta pull back a little bit, Whoa. and you and you start to like learn who who you are and how you operate under certain circumstances and certain situations because when we start approaching overwhelm, our baseline emotion starts coming out more, right? right. Like how we operate subconsciously in, right. in that baseline emotion starts to show up in a state of overwhelm. And, and I find myself pulling back sometimes. So it's a journey, man. It's a journey. Uh, you, you tiptoe in and out like of different uh, identities and, and different intentions. And, and it's just a nonstop process. Yeah, the journey is definitely the gift, huh? It's that. It's, it's, it's loving that process, that, uh, the flux, the yin and yang, the, the actual physical form of that dual experience that makes everything conscious. It's really yeah, wild. The prize is in the process. That's where yeah, the prize the, is. Right. The, and, that's why the, the, the present is a gift. <laughs> yeah. And what's, what's really cool and something that I share with people a lot too is like everyone's trying to look for that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, man. And sometimes when you're so focused on the pot of gold, you miss the beauty of the rainbow, dude. You know? So. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's wild, dude. I like the way you think. And I don't meet a lot of people like you, but through the podcast, I've crossed paths with a lot of people who have these like esoteric thoughts. I really like going along the lines of, of energy and uh, understanding how it has an effect on the way we experience consciousness or experience life, you know, and how we can relate it. I feel like I have this obligation at the end of the day to interpret some of these messages to throw out there as little seeds that hopefully people pick up on and hopefully it puts them in a more positive trajectory. I mean, that's all I'm trying to do with this. I feel like I feel obligated to send a message and as part of, you know, being uh, aligned when you have a message to, to send, start giving it out. And I think that's the beauty of these platforms, you know, the social media platforms. And that's why I think it's, it's exposed us more than anything. But when you, do legitimately have a, a truthful message that you want to give out. It's like so gratifying and it feels so good to just kind of do that. Cause I don't know that I would be doing anything else, right? Like I'm quarantined. I'm turning my business more online. I'm stoked to get it back to in-person and, and doing my classes and my workshops again. But like, you know, I come here after my, after I do a little uh, online programming, I do a podcast. It's like, this is the way I want to be spending my time and I wouldn't be doing it any other way. And it just feels good to know that I'm connected to that, you know? And now you get to do it more. Yeah. Fuck. Which is beautiful. Yeah. I've been doing so many podcasts. Now it's just, it's a pain in the ass, like editing them and putting out that out there. But that's also like part of the process, dude. I haven't, I'm not tech savvy at all, but this is forcing me to become tech savvy, doing all my video editing and sound editing and making programs and putting the website up and all that shit. And just knowing how to do it so that, you know, you add value and you can actually turn it into something that is a resource for you. Right. Cause essentially like that's, we put our, value out so that it can be a resource for us and it's like a contribution to the the collective and the collective supports you in the process and that keeps growing you know what i'm saying so it's an interesting time but uh you know as we adjust and we take the reason why we do what we do me and you is for times like this you know like we should be uh ready for a time i mean i feel ready for a time like this i mean you can never be super ready but like i feel like a time like this is when all this inward work is is actually necessary you know yeah people that are forced to start it now are probably feeling a little uncomfortable right now. sure and that's fucking great (laughs) that's how you know that you're about to change because change happens at the edge of your comfort zone so if you're feeling uncomfortable right now perfect 
you're exactly where you need to be. You're right where you need to be. I, I have that written all over my battle board. You're right where you need to be. Yeah, no, totally. And, and we, we, well, let's talk about that. Like that fight or flight state, when you're in that fight or flight state, you're not connecting to your truest form of you. You're rattled. You're, you're, you're talking about your, more, your most primitive form. And mm-hmm. it's hard to create and it's hard to heal when we're constantly in that state, you know? And to, to practice meditation and practice breathing and, and teach your nervous system to become calm so that in times like this, you're able to still create and plan intelligently and all that. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so all animals in nature experience a stressor. All animals in nature experience that. So a state of, I don't know, stress or a situation that comes up where you're forced to like fight or flee or freeze everyone experiences all animals experience that now most animals in nature as soon as the stressor is gone they can immediately come out of that state they can shake it off like it never happened the human animal is one of the only animals that can elicit that state that upregulation by thought alone which means that your body cannot tell the difference whether you are being chased by a saber-toothed tiger or you are thinking about being chased by mm, a saber-toothed tiger. Yeah. So it will elicit the same biochemical response. And that state, that upregulated state will happen. Now, why is that relevant? Why do we care about that? Because no organism in nature can live in a heightened state like that for a prolonged period of time and expect to survive. Right, Because that's when all that dis-ease and disease and chaos yeah. starts to come up. Yeah, so that's probably happening in people that, are, that have a job they don't necessarily feel fulfilled by and they're dealing with all these stressors 40, 50 hours a week for 30 years on end. And then they wonder why cancer comes or they wonder why they have indigestion or an ulcer or hip or knee pain or back pain, right? Because of all that emotion that's being stored. Yeah. I mean, and you know, obviously I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to like profess to like say that that's what's going on here, but there is a lot of evidence that's pointing in that direction, especially now with like epigenetics and all the things yeah. that are coming out. I like having these thought experiments though, but to, our, you know, to talk to, to talk about it like this, you know, it's not like we're saying, yeah, this is the reason why you have cancer or have a disease, but it's at least good to have the thought experiment about that. Oh yeah. Well, if we do indeed retain all this this emotion that we don't, you know, bring to the top or bring to the the surface, where does it go? You know, energy can't be created or destroyed. It just is. So where does it go? Maybe it's something for people to think about and be, be open to. 100%, man. I totally agree with you. And there's a lot of studies and a lot of doctors that have been out there that have used things like energy and, um, you know, upregulation, relaxation, sound healing, like all the dude, sound healing has been around for like, yeah, I don't know, man, thousands of years, you yeah. know, yeah. but there's so many doctors out there that have had like super high success rates with curing things like cancer with these like unconventional, right? Unconventional mm-hmm. things. Um, but yeah, there is a big, um, there is something big to think about here. Like, how does our nervous system and our body respond to these prolonged upregulated states of chaos? It can't respond positively. I promise you that like, that's not going to happen, you know? So um, how much can our bodies, our physical bodies handle? And that's the thing. Like we know inherently, inherently that we need, we crave that state change. We know this. So what do we do? We think that that state change is going to come from external factors. So we do things like, I don't know, drugs or alcohol or relationships or sex. Buy shit. Buy shit, right. Material things, whatever. But everything you need to create that state change, you already have. Mm. You already possess it internally. Internally. Yeah, dude, that's beautiful. And it's things like breath and it's things like movement and and it's things like meditation and it's things like relaxation techniques that can create that state change that you crave internally. Definitely. Dude, that's a great way to kind of close this out, wouldn't you say? Yeah, man, for sure. That's great. Uh, Although I could... Although I could keep talking to you for like another two hours. (laughs) Dude, we could could easily have this conversation for... For fucking hours, and look, and I, and I appreciate I appreciate you kind of taking the time and going in, the, in depth about these types of things because usually when I have 
these types of thoughts and I blur them out to my wife, it's like she can only take it for so long before she's like, all right, can we come back to reality, please? You know, because they're, they're deep thought patterns and it takes time to digest. And, you know, you haven't gone like talk about like when you started first thinking along the lines of energy to where you are now, you know, it's, it's a, a lot of years of taking in material, pondering the, the, the information you said you write a lot. So you're, you're putting things from your subconscious brain into the conscious now, like that takes time too. reflection is a huge piece of this right? Understanding your internal state, putting that out on some sort of paper or a a way that you can see the reflection, become aware of your internal state so that you can be like, oh shit. Like how often do you go back in your old journals and you start reading some of the things that you were writing and and the times that you were in? It's like, whoa, wow, I see that. You know what I do? You know what else I do sometimes? Like, because I, I write pretty much every week, I'll write in a memo to myself in the future, six, seven, eight, nine months in my calendar and be like, yo, this is a hello from, you know, March 30th, 2020. Hope everything is good. And, you know, keep trusting, keep being, keep loving. Like I'll send notes to myself in the future because it's interesting when you start thinking about everything being one, what's time anyways, you're going to be in that place before you know it. Yeah, and you start noticing that more things you write down, the more things start coming into reality. Like yeah. there's power with taking pen to paper. There is. And words are magic, dude. That's why it's called spelling. You're yeah. casting spells yeah. with your words. That's what uh, Leo Savage says. Leo does? Leo yeah. Savage says that. Yeah. Yeah, I know Leo, man. We've we've rapped a, a couple times and we've hung out a couple times. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. Leo's... I would I would, uh, I would imagine him de- definitely saying that. <laughs> yeah, he's he he's he's a good guy, man. He says some some shit like that and it's great because we you know, we talk about emotion too. What are your thoughts about uh, before we close out? I mean, if you got some time here. Yeah, I got um, time, man. Before uh, we were talking about music and all that, what are your thoughts on on notes? like specific notes being specific emotions. Like if we're talking about the, the body being the instrument and reality being the song, then are emotions notes? So I know that certain notes and that put off certain frequencies resonate with certain parts of the body. Mm. So lower notes will resonate with denser parts of the body like bones and higher notes will resonate with like um, softer parts of the bodies. Okay. So that's the physical realm there. Right. And if we're talking about the energetic uh, realm when it comes to the resonance part, I think that it does play like a major factor in how – because everything is energy and everything is, is electricity. So mm-hmm. if you're talking to like binaural beats and you're talking about like alpha, like Hertz, different Hertz and, and different wave patterns and stuff, then everything aligns with like the neurotransmitters, right? That's happening and firing in between the, the brains or in the, in the brain between the neurons. Right. Right. So, so I think that it plays a part into that as well. Um, yeah, man, there's a lot going on that we don't fully understand because it just yeah. hasn't been given the attention that is that it deserves yeah. for whatever reasons. So, um, so I think all of that plays a big part. And- Definitely. I'm reading Ben Greenfield's new book right now called Boundless. And his first uh, chapter is about neurotransmitters and balancing of neurotransmitters and all that good stuff. I have to listen to it multiple times in order to like really take it in, but it's called boundless. I think you'd love it. It's 41 hours on audible, by the way, 41. Damn. Hours. Well, That's a lot of I got plenty of time for that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I listen, I got some more questions. If you got, if you got some time, dude, I have um, th- three weeks according to this, my area. So is that what, is that what it is in Florida? So, um, yeah, depending on the area that you're in, there's areas in Florida that have gotten hit really bad, like South Florida, mm. um, even Orlando, like Central Florida area. What city I'm are li- you in? I'm in Claremont, so I'm literally right next to Orange, like Lake County and Orange County are like right next to each other. So I'm a county away from like the shit storm. So they're advising that we stay in. They're not forcing us to stay in, but they're in Orlando. They are like, you can't leave your, you can't leave your house unless it's something essential. But so far where I'm at, we're okay to leave. Um, But obviously, you know, 
everything like bars and restaurants and all the yeah all yeah, yeah. Down, that's so. all closed yeah my dad's in rome right now and he's quarantined too and he can only leave with documentation we haven't gotten that that crazy in chicago like today i did a couple in in homes you know so i'm still you know training one person at a time in the comfort of their own home um transferring most of my stuff online are you doing a lot of online stuff i've always been online based so this is an easy transition for me um the only thing that I that I'm transitioning from my my in person is obviously the the group class reset. Yeah. But everything else I do, the programs that I offer, are all online based, and I'm actually in the process of creating something really cool too that I'm about to launch. In, Can you talk uh, about it, or is it uh, secret? It's a virtual gym. So I'm creating a whole gym, dude. You're the first person I talked about this with. Hell yeah, I feel honored. So it's a online virtual gym that I'm creating and I'm basically transitioning all my online products into this virtual space. And I have a section in this uh, space that I'm going to do collaborations with different coaches and different people out in the world and um, allow them to talk about what they do and who they are and what they are. Sign me up. I'd love to do a a collaboration one of these days. hundred percent. I just talked to Jared actually earlier today. So I already got awesome. his down too. So awesome. Yeah, dude, Jared's a fucking awesome guy, man. Like he picked me up from the airport when I was coming down to Orlando and we just hung out, you know, smoked some weed, juggled some kettlebells, got some sushi. What an awesome guy. Jimmy too. Jimmy G. Yeah, Jimmy. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, that's cool. So what is your current online pro- program like right now? Do you do it through True Coach? Do you do virtual training through Zoom? Like what is your setup right now? I use Kajabi for everything, man. I'm a huge fan of Kajabi. It's an online course building platform. And I just upload all my videos. I upload all my workouts. I upload all the nutrition. And so I have, we have a 11 video series nutritional guidance Um program section and then we also have 10 meditation guided meditation videos and then we have over 300 exercises all broken up into templates and stuff into a 12-week program yeah that sounds exactly like how i do my online training right now and it's 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 great as long as i i'm able to like transition people to it and keep adding to it and building to it because right now more people are inquiring about it um and it's been great so the more that I can do that and the more we can do that, the better it's going to be. Because then I start thinking about like, all right, well, I could now work from anywhere. I don't have to be tied down whatsoever. I can live anywhere I want. I could travel any time of the year that I want. And I think that's also really important when it comes to raising children too. It's like my goals have always been towards what I want to do and you know how I want to perceive myself and connect with what I feel like I have to offer. But now as I start transitioning into, wait, I'm going to have kids now. I want my time to be with them. Like I want to teach them. I don't care about anything else and I don't even have them yet, you know? So I want to be as available as possible to be there and do all these things. So that's how I start to think now. And this remote style of working is unreal. Yeah. And I think what I'm playing with is I've always had identity work in the online course. So I talk a lot about um, like a resentment gratitude exercise and releasing Mm. that emotional trauma and doing things like that in the online course. But I want to amplify it more with this new gym that I'm working on and kind of break the mold, like break the understanding and the dogma behind what a gym is, right? And allow a collaboration of artists to come together and showcase what their zone of genius is. So I have already like sex and relationship coaches that are coming on. I have a guy who specializes in learning uh, or teaching people how to play more. And I have um, a person that's going to talk about economics and how fitness and economics play together. I have a branding marketing person and we're all just going to come in and collaborate because here's the thing like if you want to change your body the physical body it's easy it's not hard because the body will respond to the mechanism of change it'll respond to exercise nutrition rest and water it will change if you do that now the challenge for most people is becoming the person that does the things to change the body mm. and that's not fitness that's identity so i want to incorporate more identity work because like what we spoke about before you have to be 
what you want to become before right. you become that thing. The problem is most people don't know how to be first. And that's what I want to teach them how to do. So I'm finishing up an NLP course, uh, practitioner's course that I'm going through. And I'm doing cool. a lot of like mind stuff cool. um, that I'm working on and I'm going to incorporate into this new thing. Cool, man. I like the way you think. You're definitely my kind of guy. And I would love to collaborate in the future any way that you see fit, you know, whether it's more podcasting or what have you. I really definitely appreciate the way you think and how you're approaching your your teachings and your courses and how you're helping people. I think it's it's bigger than you even think. Thank you, man. That means a lot. And I would love to collaborate in the future for sure. Definitely, dude. Definitely. Well, let everybody know where they can find you on Instagram and uh, your website and all that stuff and get access to you. Yeah, cool. So Instagram is dynamite fit. Um, it's, um, yeah, dynamite fit. There's no really craziness about it. I'll put it all. I'll put all the information in the show notes too. Right on. Thank you, man. And then I also have, um, an Instagram handle for thrive source. It's just thrive source. And that's all the, the fitness stuff in the future. And thrive source is the name of your fitness company. Yep. It's called thrive source fitness. And then the website is thrive source fitness.com. Awesome, man. Well, Mike Gonzalez, thank you so much for sharing uh, your wisdom today. You're a really smart guy and anybody who works with you is lucky as fuck. Man, thank you, bro. It was a pleasure, dude. It was an honor. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Let's, we'll do this again soon. And uh, on that note, all the love in the world, brother. You have a good uh, day today and uh, let's just stay in contact. Okay. Thank you, man. Blessings. And that was the podcast. Mike Gonzalez is a phenomenal cat. We had a great conversation. Obviously, if you like what you heard, make sure to share this with somebody. Leave a five-star rating and uh, maybe comment. Take a, tell us what a uh, few of your takeaways were. Make sure to follow Mike on Instagram at Dynamike, D-Y-N-A-M-I-K-E, bit. Um, and ThriveSourceFitness.com. All the information will be there in the show notes. But that's it, man. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Danny Cola podcast. Look out for the next episode coming soon. Let's connect on Instagram at Danny Cola Fitness. That's it, everybody. Peace. <laughs>